I feel like I've always been aware of the socio-political battle lines between differing thoughts on abortion or preemptive war. Big ideas. But the comprehensive, nearly wholesale division and split between people with competing ideologies nowadays is heartbreaking. It's scary. In other words, it's no longer just that I think you're wrong about this or that. It's that if you entertain these specific thoughts, then you are aligned with that particular culture, which means that you're in this camp and part of that tribe. And as part of that camp or tribe or people, who you are as a person offends me and threatens me. I think the grief for me here is that in conversations about competing ideologies, I'm treated as if I am my ideas. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm not. I have ideas, and some of them are weighty in my mind. They're important to me. But as important as any of them might be, I'm not defined by my ideas. Heck, a number of them are in conflict with other ideas in me, not to mention in conflict with some of my feelings and even the ways I choose to live my life, despite some of those thoughts and feelings. And I'm not trying to be a centrist. I've tried to be a centrist, and I just end up lying to myself and others about things I really think or know or believe or care about. So don't hear me trying to communicate some kind of intrinsic value for the middle. I am well aware that in particular moments, there are toxic and destructive ideas and ideologies moving people to hurt other people. And in those moments, that ideology, that idea must be dealt with, shouted down, undone, deleted. But what makes that kind of effort worth it isn't that there are just better ideas, it's that better ideas make for healthier and more whole people. And it's that same value of and for people that seems to get lost more frequently in conversation than I can recall. And maybe it's always been a matter of identity. I, I don't know. Maybe that's new. I can't tell. What I know is that I don't see minds changed very often. Nowhere near as often as I see enemies made or friendships lost. During season one of this podcast, author Michael Weir warned against the desire or the expectation to find what he called a home in a political ideology or a political party, suggesting that the only places left where unchecked bias was not only allowed but championed was in the political or the ideological, that these were the only arenas in which it's still allowable to insult, to judge, to belittle, to dehumanize. So... As wishy-washy as this might sound, that's become a metric for me in conversation and in cultural engagement. If my ideas or my political conclusions or religious convictions lead or allow me to think lesser of people, I am in the wrong period. A few years ago, I, I talked in depth with a dear friend uh, with whom I've got several fundamental disagreements, namely about religious matters. And we were, if I'm honest, really proud <laughs> of our friendship at that point. Because in light of all these vehement disagreements about things that really matter, we had maintained a friendship that, in fact, we didn't avoid our differences so much as they really actually enriched our connection. And at one point he said this line, and it's never left me. He said, I think you're wrong about God. And I want to convince you of that because I think you'd be happier and better off without some of what you think. We went on in that conversation to land on a kind of metaphor that we really liked. 
that if I'm aware of a fire in a building, a fire that threatens the well-being of others in the building, it's not my rightness about fire being hot or my knowledge of how quickly certain materials combust at specific temperatures that gets you moving to the door to safety. It's that when I tell you that there's something in your environment that might hurt you, you trust me and you believe me because you know I want you safe and well. I can be right all day long about really important things, things you might be desperately and tragically wrong about. But if I do not love you, my ideas are powerless. The value of an idea is the benefit it affords human life. So I'm not here to say, hey, everybody play nice. What I am saying is that no idea and no ideology is more important than the people who hold it or the people who disagree with it. In the park near my house is a series of trails that intersect a small creek in a few spots, and in the winter, that creek rises, and it's almost impossible to cross at one location. So a few years ago, someone built a bridge over that spot. They saw a problem, and they created a solution in order to address it. Then a week or so later, someone else tore it down. And then in response, the original builder took some of the broken pieces from the first bridge and use them to assemble a new bridge. And I think that's actually how life works and moves forward, which is why I wrote that story into my next book entitled, It Is What You Make Of It. 15 stories that push back against the kind of it is what it is thinking that keeps us from entering into the world around us and living fully. The book comes out on June 1st. You can pre-order it now. I hope you do.